comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs, and one. Cal up top, Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Watson, and a foul! This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Aztec fans, this is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Trone. I'm kind of doing an experiment today. Uh, I am out walking my dog as I'm recording right now. It is currently 6 a.m. I got a late, <laughs> late start on the day, believe it or not. Um, but I don't normally record when I'm out walking my dog because there's so many other things happening. I'm sure you can hear his leash just kind of dinging in the background. Uh, a couple minutes ago, a train passed by. It was really loud and annoying. The, the, the clock tower just was, was ringing. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, what I want to ask essentially while I'm doing this, what the, what the point of this experiment is basically um, how does this sound? Are all these sounds distracting? Uh, would it be better to, to, uh, record less, but have better like sound quality and background sound and all that stuff? Or would it be nice to just have more content in general, but maybe the quality isn't as good. And, and, and here's the reason why I asked this. I uh, recently got a new job, and I won't go into the whole background story of it, but I, I have finally, for the moment at least, achieved my, my career goal of being, of being a teacher. I recently got a job um, as a high school history teacher. Uh, I am up here in, in Montana still, um, but what comes with that is, is a number of things. First off, all the, all the work I'm going to be having to do just that, that teachers have to do right between, between your work at the school day, between the lesson planning, between grading test papers, whatever, right? All that stuff. Um, the lesson planning is going to take a long time just cause I have, <laughs> I have nothing. This will be my first year, like full time as a teacher. And I'm going to be doing just a lot of stuff from scratch. So it's going to take a long time. Um, and the other thing is that the school I'm going to be working at is about an hour away. Uh, so it's just, it's just gonna, uh, gonna take a lot of my day between, between all the regular work stuff and the commute. Um, it's just, it's just going to be a lot. And so with that, I am not sure exactly what is going to happen to, to the podcast. Uh, I, I, you know, I spoke to Kyle about it briefly. I need to talk to him again about more, more detail stuff. A big old herd of deer just ran by. I'm sorry, I'm distracted. I need to talk to him more about more detailed stuff, and, and I don't know what exactly is going to happen if it just means we record less and we find a way to do it on a different day. Maybe it becomes a weekend pot or something. If it means maybe uh, we do more solo shows, but maybe that means we're able to spit out more content. Like maybe Kyle does one during the week and I do one on the weekend. I don't know. We gotta we gotta figure out exactly what our what our game plan is. Um, maybe expand in other ways. Maybe get some other people involved in the show, either for solo shows or or 
to join either myself or Kyle or, or, or I'm not sure I'm spitballing at the moment. Um, I haven't been able to dedicate as much time to it as I would have liked, but overall moving it back to the, to the original question is, is how does it sound? I'm, I'm literally just recording on my phone outside right now. Um, I know it's not the best sound quality, but once again, is it, is it okay enough that, that you would prefer doing this, but maybe getting this more often, you know, cause this is something I could do most every morning, probably like I'm out here walking my dog every morning. It'd be nice to be able to be productive with it. But if it's, if it's something that's going to be distracting or even irritating, then I, you know, I'm, I won't put you through that. Um, so, so let me know, let me know what you think with that. Um, what I do want to do is briefly talk about football, but it's going to relate to, to basketball here because as you all know, football isn't, isn't really my forte. It was my, my first love. I, I was a football fan before I was a basketball fan. Um, but I don't, I just don't know it quite as well, whether it's the X's and O's, whether it's like the techniques of the individual players, right? Um, I know it. I know it. Some I have coached football a little bit, but it was just at like a middle school level. Uh, anyways, what I want to get to is first off the game. I'm recording this Sunday morning, so the game yesterday on Saturday was was depressing and it was it was gross. And I don't I don't think I need to rehash that for anybody who who was there. What interests me in terms of the football game, you know, there was there was a lot of talk on on Twitter um, when I would when I would post about what what I was seeing, which wasn't like oh, you know, they need to do this specific thing and then it'll be better. I was just like, I don't know what's wrong with the team, basically. And you know, there was a lot of talk about like, well, it's the offensive coordinator and he's bad and his play calling is trash and and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what, that, that makes sense. That tracks and would, would, would explain why the team seems to be bad on offense every year. Right. Uh, despite, despite potentially having, or supposedly having like good talent and, and supposedly this year is supposed to be some of the best talent at the offensive skill positions. The S6 have had in a while. <clears throat> The other thing was like, is it just another year of, of a bad quarterback? You know, um, last season we essentially had two bad quarterbacks that, that, that split time. Um, I was team, team Lucas for the most part. I thought he was better and I thought his skill set could just be, it, it was, Maybe it was like more limited, but he was better at the few things he could do type thing was kind of my take on that. And side note, I did get to see Lucas again uh, living up here in Montana because he plays for the University of Montana now. And I ended up going to that game on Saturday and he looked good. He looked he looked good. He got the MVP of the game. He threw for think over 200 yards, which isn't an astronomical number. He also ran for another 70 plus, but he threw four touchdowns and I think no interceptions. Um, he looked good. So hopefully, you know, he can have, he can have a good year. 
but that's that's a side note. Uh, but that that was that was what a lot of the conversation was, and, and and for me, you know, everybody just had an opinion. For me, I was like, which one of these causes the other one? I guess is what I would like to know. Uh, are are the quarterbacks? Do the quarterbacks look bad because the coordinator doesn't put them in positions to succeed and isn't isn't a good enough play caller and stuff like that? Or to what extent is the coordinator limited in what he can do? by the skills of his quarterbacks, right? If you if you have a really good quarterback under center, it can open up a lot of things for you, can let you do a lot of different stuff. But if your quarterback can't do those things anyways, why even why even try it, right? If if they haven't done it in practice yet, why put them out there in a live game and see if they can do it? And what I think this relates to the most, at least to me, was the play calling in the fourth quarter because the Aztecs were down 18 in the fourth and they're calling run after run. And I think some of those might have been might have been run pass options, but still they're just running, running, running. And it's like you're you're down 18 while you're running the ball. And I got I got a lot of mentions about that. A lot of people saying like they're they're down 18. And they're running the ball. They've just they've just given up on the game. And oh my gosh, my dog was a dingus. There you go. Um, you know you're just you're just giving up on the game. And what I wanted to know, I would have loved to have been in like the room or on the sideline or whatever to hear the actual the actual logic behind that decision, right? And I don't, I don't know if there's a reasoning that necessarily makes it a good decision. I do think there are reasonings that are less bad. For example, um, if the coordinator is doing that just because he's like, well, the quarterbacks, like in his mind, if he's and he he probably wouldn't say this really out loud to hardly anybody on the planet, but if he's like, well, the quarterbacks just aren't that good. They can't make the throws we need them to make anyway. So. We're just going to run the ball. It's literally the only option. That's bad. That's that's a bad thing um, for for the team. Whereas if the decision was we're kind of we're down 18, you know, there's 10 minutes left. Uh, we're just going to punt this game and try and get something going. Try and build some sort of rhythm between. Whoever, whoever it might be, the, the linemen, the running backs, whatever we want to do, try and get something established this game that we can look back on in the future weeks and say, look, this is what it's supposed to look like when it looks good. That is still bad because you don't want to just punt the game. You know, 18 points in in – 10 minutes or whatever it was, isn't insurmountable. It's definitely not likely. It's definitely not likely, but it's not, it's not impossible, right? It's been done before. And especially, although <laughs> maybe this factors into it somehow as well, but in general, the Aztecs defense is really good, right? And if you have a good defense, it makes it even, even more possible, right? Um, one of the two touchdowns they scored was, was largely because of defense. And so, you know how does how does the defense and how they were playing factor into it? Because if if you can't stop Arizona 
throwing the ball isn't going to matter because Arizona's just going to throw the ball themselves and, and go down and score one more time to keep it uh, a three-score game. So a lot of things factor in. But I do think the better of those two reasonings, and maybe there's another one that, I, that I'm not even thinking about right now, but I do think the better of those two would have been the uh, let's just try and build some type of rhythm that we can carry into the weeks ahead. Um, because it's, it's like I said, it's still bad because you're punting on the game and there's not very many games in a college football season. So it's, it's hard to just punt on one like that, but also it's not a conference game. So it's not the end of the world if you lose it. And, uh, you know, if it, if it leads to success further down the road, maybe it's worth it, right? Like you're probably going to lose this game anyways, but if you can get something going and win two of your next three or something like that, then it, then it's not the end of the world. You, you, you've started to, to do something and you're on the path to, to bull eligibility at least. So those are my thoughts there. How it relates to basketball is, is that conversation of, of why a certain decision is made. The reasoning behind it, I think, is super important. And I think we're probably going to get into that a lot this year, right? We're going to be talking about why was this, this specific decision made, whether it's, whether it's like a, a point decision, like why did, why did this player uh, decide to take this shot? Why did the coaching staff have this player in at this point of the game? Or it could be much broader things, right? Like why is the, the big one, that grinds my gears is why is Nathan Mensah deployed the way he is in the offense? And I don't need to go on a, on a big thing about that now, but I, I just think Nathan Mensah, they post him up too much. And what I would think would be most effective for him would be to have him read opposite, which is just, he stays in the dunker spot on whatever side of the floor, the ball isn't on. And it, the, the benefits of it are it opens up driving lanes. If he does get the ball, it's because his guy has left him to stop a drive. And so for him, it's just an easy dunk. It makes his offense more efficient. It helps him benefit the rest of the offense as opposed to when he's posing up, he's normally on the strong side of the floor, which is going to clog a driving lane, which is going to make it harder for a guy like a Matt Bradley or a Lamont Butler, whoever, right? And so, like I said, we don't need to get deep into it, but like, that's a question that I've been asking myself for years. I'm sure other people have been asking similar questions. I'm sure y'all have been asking similar questions. And I would love to hear the specific reasoning for that. And if, if you know, the reasoning is, well, we want to get Nate established in the post because um, we see him do it in practice and he looks good. You know, sure, that's great. But we've had years and years of him doing it in games where he doesn't look good. So maybe, maybe knock that off. If the reasoning is, you know, you need to get your big man touches on offense. That way he's engaged on defense. And we all know how important Nate is on defense. That's a little bit different, right? That's, that's maybe you're giving up a little bit on offense, but what you're gaining on defense outweighs it. So it's worth it. That's a different conversation. It's still not the ideal decision maybe, but, but that to me at least is a lot more understandable, especially given how impactful Nate is on the defensive end. So that was, that was the point. I would love to hear those. And sadly we aren't as fans 
we aren't privy to those conversations. And even, even those people that, that anyone who hypothetically, if you as a listener were able to go to the press conference and you were able to ask those types of questions, you're not going to get a straight answer because, because coaches want to keep that stuff internal, right? They're going to give, they're going to give whatever, whatever press cookie cutter answers they can. And I wouldn't blame them. I would do the same thing. So we, we just sadly will never be privy to those conversations and those thoughts and those internal debates. Uh, But I think that is something to keep in mind because more important than the results in my, in my eyes, at least is, is the process, right? If you're going to make a choice, the process is more important than the results. I saw on Twitter yesterday, somebody had posted something about like they were going to, I think I saw this more than once. (laughs) They were going to tweet out something bad about the Aztecs punting from like their 50 or whatever it was. And then when the Aztecs got that touchdown on the blocks punt, they were like, Oh, actually it turns out that was a good decision. And I was like, no, it worked out well, but that's not the same as it being a good decision. Right. That's like, if, if you have a hundred sided die and you bet a thousand dollars that it will land on a three, that's a bad bet. Right. If you then roll the die and it lands on a three, great. You won right now. You're a millionaire or whatever, but that doesn't mean it was a good bet. Right. That means you got lucky and it's not the same thing. So in keeping with how the process is very important when you're making decisions and it's more important than the results, even, uh, it would be nice to be in on those conversations, but we can't, but that's something I want to try and keep in mind as we as fans have these conversations over the course of the year. Here's the other thing that we can relate as it, as it pertains to both football and basketball is, is essentially the hype, I guess, right? I, I, I feel like this football team got a lot of hype over the off season and I mean, I guess maybe it's possible that a lot of that hype was more driven by the new stadium, and maybe there was just a desire that the team would be good. And also, I should point out, it's it's been one game. Any number of things can happen, right? It could be the case that maybe Arizona is going to be a lot better than, than anybody thought. Uh, it could also be the case that maybe the hype to to the level that we got it was wasn't warranted right uh, there was a lot of hype about about Burmeister especially and how between how athletic he is and how just good of a quarterback he is in general like he's he's going to be the guy even if it's just for one year he's going to be the guy that can really bring this offense uh, up up to to at least an average level. Like, gosh, if this football team gets an average offense, the damage they could do in in a usual year, at least when they have their stellar defense. And through one half and like one or two more drives in the third quarter, um, it it hasn't it hasn't been that. And 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 you know people can can disagree, and there's probably good arguments on on all these different sides about how much the O-line contributed to that, how much of it was was Burmeister maybe not holding onto the ball long enough in the pocket or or when he scrambles looking 
to run, like to gain yards versus scrambling to try and find an open receiver, any number of things, any number of things. But through two and two and a half quarters, we'll call it, he hasn't looked like the guy that he was hyped up to be is, is, is what I will say. Right. Uh, and then quite frankly, through the other quarter and a half, Will Haskell was in the game and I didn't think he quite looked like the guy he was hyped up to be either. Right. We saw a couple flashes last year that looked promising and there was a lot of hype about Haskell as well. And, and like, shoot, last season people were saying to start, start Haskell over the other two quarterbacks. And I remember my, my thoughts being like, if he's really the guy, just redshirt him this year. The team is doing fine. It's not like if you play Haskell instead of Johnson, they're going to make the playoff or whatever, right? They maybe get a slightly better bowl game. Um, but that's it, right? So, like, like and, and even that is, is – is debatable knowing how the season turned out. Like if Will Haskell's playing at quarterback over, over, I think it was Johnson. Maybe it was the other guy's name. I can't remember right now, which makes me feel bad. But like if Haskell's playing in the Mountain West championship game, do the Aztecs win that game? Probably not. Right. It's not going to be that different. So ultimately probably nothing, nothing changes except for maybe the offense looks a little bit better. So that was my thought last year. And this year, it's, it's once again, small sample size, quarter and a half or so. I didn't think Haskell looked all that good either. And between these two guys, like last year, Haskell was, was going to be the guy that would lead the Aztecs offense for the next few years and be really good about it. And then this off season, there was a lot of hype about Burmeister and how he was going to be the guy. And <clears throat> frankly, through that first game, neither of them really looked like the guy I, I thought. I thought, and maybe someone smarter than me can can correct you on why why that's wrong. And and obviously the small sample size is a pound, but neither of them looked like the guy. And now I'm getting people in my Twitter mentions mentioning Jalen Maiden, who is a name that sounds vaguely familiar but apparently he's playing safety. A bunch of people are like, he's the best quarterback on the roster. And I was like, where did this come from? Has, has this been the case all along? Because last year it was all talk about Will Haskell. Is Jalen Maiden another transfer that just came in this year? I don't know. I, I, and maybe, <laughs> maybe I should, but like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't think so. I, I feel like he came in before. And I'm like, if, if he's the best quarterback, why is this the first time we're hearing about it? Because, because the other two have been getting all the hype relating that to basketball went off on a tangent for a second relating that to basketball the basketball team has also gotten a lot of hype and I personally have been have been driving some of that hype and they look like they should be a good team but before every season starts I always try to think about what can cause this team to underachieve? What can what can happen that would make this team not live up to the hype? There goes that clock tower again. And I think I, I've been I've been really struggling to find out what what that might be, honestly, um, because this team 
seems to be just so stacked on the right. It, like they just look like a really good basketball team. They seem like they have just about everything. <clears throat> the one thing I had been able to think of for sure before, before Saturday was just the lack of size. And, and even that more specifically, it's just a lack of size in the lineup that I think will be the starting lineup because the lineup that I'm expecting to start, and I would expect this throughout the whole season. Um, I could see it maybe not being the starting lineup at the very beginning of the season, but by the end, I would expect it would be. But the lineup I think will start is uh, Darian Trammell at the one, Lamont Butler at the two, Matt Bradley at the three, Jaden Liddy at the four, and Nathan Mensah at the five. And that is, that is, you know, your bigs are good size. I think Liddy is 6'9", Nate is 6'10", with a 7'5 wingspan. So it's good size up front, for sure. The the tricky part is now you have Matt Bradley, a small forward, who's who's 6'4", which is probably a little small for a small forward. You got Lamont Butler at 6'2", once again, a little small for a shooting guard. A little bit, right? Neither of those are insurmountable, um, but they're they're smaller than I think you would like. They're definitely smaller than, than I would like. And then you have Darian Trammell at the point guard, who is, who is 5'10", who is, you know, at, at the very least, the same amount of small that Butler and, and Bradley are, and maybe even smaller relative to, like, average height for that position. And so those three... Because, I guess Trammell isn't playing up a position, but Butler and Bradley essentially are playing up a position. And offensively, their skill sets all suit it, but just defensively, there might be a little a little size thing there. And I wouldn't expect that to have too much impact on the Mountain West season because the talent level should be more than enough to make up for that in conference play, Right. The, the team that might be able to take advantage of it would be Wyoming, just because they're big and talented at the same time. But for the most part, I wouldn't expect it to affect anything there. Where it could affect it would be in the NCAA tournament, where you're facing better teams, and it's all about mismatches and it's single elimination, right? And if you're playing good positional defense, but the other team has a guy that can just shoot over the top, it, it's going to cause problems, right? If they have some, some star point guard that can score a lot and can, you know, despite how good of a defender Darian Trammell is, if this point guard is, I don't know, 6'3 or 6'4 or something, if it's like a Jalen Suggs type of guy and they can just shoot over over Darian Trammell, then it, it, it might cause problems. But even that, that's such a small and like limited problem to have because it's just the size in the starting lineup and it just affects pretty much the NCAA tournament. Relating the conversation back to hype, though, I think that is something else that, that could go wrong in the sense of a big reason the team is getting all this hype and the big reason the fans have all these expectations is 
because of like just projections and then little things we've heard and little tidbits and things. And one thing that could go wrong is the players don't live up to all this hype that we as fans have built, right? We've been hearing, and I've been, I've been banging the drum on, on Jaden Ledee and how good he should be this coming season. And, you know, recently in an interview with, with John Rothstein, Coach Dutcher mentioned that uh, Jaden Ledee could very well average a double-double for, for the season, which is huge, right? That's, that's You're impacting the game in a lot of ways there. Uh, and a lot of players we should know pretty well what we're going to get, right? We know what Nate is going to bring to the table. We know what Bradley's going to bring to the table. Ladie is a big reason for this hype, though, between all the stories we've heard out of practices uh, last season and over the offseason and, and quotes like the Dutcher one that I just said. Uh, that's a big reason for the hype, right? I actually I, – I looked like a fool. I am not a fan of national media just because uh, – well, for a couple reasons, but one of them is that I just – I think they are – just so broadly focused that it makes their analysis suffer because they have to cover so much that like they can't really dive into the couple of specific things that they should and they end up missing a lot because of that and and missing in and of itself isn't a huge problem because everybody's gonna miss but i feel like for for being experts they miss more than they should and it's not because they don't know the game it's because they have to do so much but I, recently, the uh, the field of 68 partnered with some other people like Heat Check Basketball and and I think a couple other programs and and they put out a big season preview almanac. I know a couple Aztec fans that have already purchased it, and I went onto Twitter and I was like, well, these are all like national coverage things, and I, I said like, I bet you they don't give Ladie the hype that he probably deserves at this point. And the <laughs> founder of Field of 68 came out and was like, well, actually, we, we made him a preseason second-team All-American, but, you know, could, could go off, I think he said. And I was like, well, well, dang, okay, I have some egg on my face. They uh, they did their homework. And it turns out Eli Botger wrote the wrote the spot on San Diego State, which makes sense, right? He's covered the Mountain West for a long time, and he does good work. And so, so props to them. And I haven't gotten that almanac, but it sounds like it's very well researched, um, which is which is very encouraging, especially for more of a national thing like that. But if if Ladie doesn't live up to those expectations, right? If he's not a second team All American, how does that change this team's ceiling, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of like this team should make at least. A sweet 16 that should be probably the floor and they can probably make even an elite eight or a final four like it seems like they have that type of talent but if Ladie <coughs> gets downgraded from from second team all-american to maybe like second team all mountain west how does that change that ceiling is this still a team that can make the final four is this still a team that the floor should be the sweet 16 or is all of a sudden the ceiling of Sweet 16? I don't know for sure, but that would be 
that would be something, right? And there's there's other things too, right? If if Matt Bradley has a down season, if Nathan Mensah isn't as impactful for one reason or another as in previous years, uh, a lot of hype is about Trammell too. He's actually been, in my opinion, maybe even in some ways a bigger addition than Ladie just because he can run the offense, right? He can he can run the offense, and that's something the team has needed basically since since Flynn, Flynn left. And you know Pulliam did his job and 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 did the best he could and was good on defense, but offensively he was never all that great. Um, and Tramel seems like he could be. He seems like he could be a guy who has not a Malachi Flynn level of impact. That would be putting too much on him, but a Malachi Flynn type of impact, right, in the sense of, of running the offense and, and making everyone around him better. But what if he doesn't, right? What if he doesn't do that? What if what if Parrish comes in? Ziegler's been talking about how he shot like 40-something percent in conference play last year, but that's a small sample size. And on the year, he only shot like 35, so he's, he's streaky, right? What if he has a bad stretch of games, like Micah Parrish? Um, I, I'm, I'm not saying I think that will happen, but like <coughs> if it does, if he's, if he's not super consistent with that shot, that could that could affect how the team does, right? So there's just, there's all these things. We've been hearing a lot about Keisha Johnson and Lamont Butler in the offseason, all the all the work they've been putting in, all the, the training they've been putting in to make themselves better. What happens when, like we saw that from Keisha Johnson a lot last year, honestly, and he started and he, he did good, but offensively he's just super limited, right? <laughs> and the training looks like he should be less limited this year, but to a certain extent, we've seen it before. What if it's more of the same, right? What if that hype isn't warranted? Same thing with, with, with Butler. Butler looked really good last year before he got hurt. It was coming on at the end of the season. So I'm less worried about his work not translating, but what if it doesn't? What if he's just the version of himself that he should have been last year before he got hurt, which would still be really good, but it's essentially like a three and D guard right, who, who is also good at penetrating and getting to the basket, but not good at finishing there because he over-penetrates and doesn't kick out. Like, if he's that player, that's still a good player. But is that the type of player that's going to help lead this team to an Elite Eight or a Final Four? I don't know, and, and I could go on and on. I'm not going to, but that's only the other thing I can think of. It's basically just if the players don't live up to the hype, how does that look? for the team, what does this team look like? That is that is something that I think could could make the team underachieve, right? If I, I guess it would be if the fans are putting too much hype on the players. I think to a certain extent that happened to the football team. I feel like it happens every year to whoever the quarterback is. Uh, but the football team as itself usually lives up to the hype they get more or less. That's something that I think could, could from a fan perspective, kind of derail the basketball team. So there's that. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening. I know there's been a lot of distractions. I'm sure even like my speech cadence, because I'll get distracted by something, can be a little distracting. But let me know what you think. If if this is something you would like 
more of if it just if it just gives you more content but the sound quality is a little bit less um if, if that's a worthy trade-off to you let me know if it's if it's not if you're like you know what i'd rather just get one podcast a week or one podcast every other week or something like that uh but with less distractions in the background that's that's cool too and and let me know hit me up on twitter at Aztec Breakdown is the best way to reach me. I've also had a couple people. It's been happening slightly, <laughs> slightly more. Um, people have just emailed me directly, AztecBreakdown at gmail.com. So that works. That works as well. Let me know what you think, and I will catch you guys next time.